Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. And act like idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. My name is Kenyon. I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. And this week, uh, the episode topic was actually chosen by one of our most generous Patreon supporters. Melissa. Uh, Melissa Carmona. Mm-hmm. So, um, Melissa is super generous, and she is donating uh, at the highest tier level, which is $25 or more a month. And so, mm-hmm. one of the perks of that tier level is you get to choose an episode topic and or wine crime pairing and or one of our firstborn mm-hmm. children. Um, but you might be waiting, waiting a while for, for that for one. Really yeah. Long yeah. Time. <laughs> Don't she, hold your breath. <laughs> she could also access a, an Amanda Buffalo Jill voicemail recording, but she uh-huh. has declined that <laughs> offer. <laughs> She's gonna get it anyway. Gonna get it anyway. <laughs> so, Hello? Uh, oh, wait. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> Are you like a great big fat person? Oh, uh, is this like a great big fat person? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so Melissa uh, had an excellent topic suggestion, so I was so excited to do it this week. Uh, it is odd M.O. murders. So yes. M.O. meeting uh, modus operandi. Did no, right? modus operandi. Modus <laughs> operandi. Monica get... versus Brandy. Rhymes the boy with do- is mine. Rhymes with Dr. Nandy. Modus <laughs> operandi. Dr. Nandy. Oh, modus operandi. Okay, that Got actually it. really helps me because I was getting super nervous <laughs> to say it every time. You're Dr. Nandy. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Nandy. <laughs> Thanks again, Dr. Nandy. Always. Um... All right, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be Cray, but first, let's start with our wine crime pairing. Yes, Quens, let's get it. Uh, <laughs> first, I need to scroll and find out where it is. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> so, this, like every other week, it, it was also challenging to pair, but I found <laughs> kind of a cool wine that we definitely have not had before. So this is called Gran Passione Rosso Veneto. Yeah, let me guess, it's a red. <laughs> yeah, it is a red. And what gave I it thought away? it was kind of what gave it away? Rosso? I thought it would be kind of fun to do a nice light-bodied red and I liked the name of it, which kind of spoke to me. Like in my research, I feel like a lot of the people I stumbled upon, you've got to be pretty passionate about your MO. You have to have like yeah. a Gran Passione. 
Mm-hmm. To execute these crimes. So mm-hmm. that's my loosely paired All choice right. for this week. All right. Um, this, it's better than tons. Okay, it's better than tons. Is it? No. <laughs> I love it's tons. It's 14% ABV, so we're pumped. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Um, this is an Italian red blend. It's about 60% Merlot and 40% Corvina. And we've mm. discussed Merlot a few times before, so we're going to skip that and focus on the other grape today. Mm-hmm. Um, Corvina is an Italian red wine grape, typically. Um, it's sometimes also referred to as Corvina Veronese or Cruina, but we're not going to call them that. Or Crononia. Crononia. Mm. Holy it's Holy Crononia. Crononia. It is mainly grown in the Veneto region of northeastern Italy. Corvina is used with several other grapes to create light red regional wines with a light crimson coloring. So yes, it's a red, but I'm not like punching you in the mouth with something super heavy. It's kind of a nice summer red. Um, The grapes are naturally high in acidity and can make the wine somewhat tart with a slight almond note, which will be kind of interesting to try. Mm hmm. Wow. A little wow. earthy, a little nutty. You know how I'm I like definitely to be nutty. gonna. I'm, I'm definitely gonna steal that for my fake wine commentary at cocktail parties. Oh, Perfect. This is a slight um, almond, almond note. note. Yep. Yeah. Take Never be like no, no. <laughs> so it finishes with a little bit of like dark, almost sour cherry. So it's gonna have some fruit on it. And this particular great uh, bottle, sorry, this particular bottle, Gran Passione Veneto Rosso, is made by the time-honored tradition of drying the grapes before fermentation. It's called the appassamento technique. I don't speak okay. Italian, so sorry. Okay, um, what? The, no, oh, I would never have known. The appassamento <laughs> technique. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty traditional in climates that limit the maturity of, like, Merlot, for example, or other red red grapes. So this technique allows for extra time for the grapes to ripen off the vine. So they basically, like, put them in a climate-controlled area to continue to age and dry a little bit, even mm-hmm. after they've been harvested. So they mm. can get um, those sugars and flavors more concentrated before they actually start, like, the real process of fermenting. Um, I feel that's, like that's kind of, like, that technique kind of aligns with, like, an odd M.O. Mm-hmm. I agree. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree okay. with that. This drying method is particularly appealing in areas where the fall harvest weather is super unpredictable, so this allows them to, like, standardize the process and make it more consistent so that the product that they're yielding is going to taste the same every time. Hmm. So, yeah, it has a fancy name, but it's actually kind of boring and makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so... <laughs> Pretty standard. Boring. It's a little. Oh, Kenyon's always the nice one. It's not boring. What could be more boring than a bunch of grapes in a room just drying? It's like, it's like watching grapes dry. The most boring thing ever. So let's pop this oh. open. We get a pop oh. this week. If I can achieve full pop. <laughs> Here we Just relax. Go and breathe in. Put your shoulders and on the back. Exhale, on the exhale, we pop. Put your knees up. <laughs> Woo! Mazel. I liked it. All right. Ah. Cheers, All right. ladies. Cheers. Cheers. Um, Ooh, and 
I can't clink my glass because I am currently drinking out of a flexible fucking (gasps) patriarchy glass available for pre-sale on our website. Amazing. Oh, my God. Um, I got the order a few days ago, and I'm super excited about it. We forgot to plug our stuff, so let's plug our stuff real quick, and then we'll get into the background and psych. Plug it up. We plug it. Plug it I am up. a little. I am a little plugged up. No I'm kidding. A little backed up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little <Sounds> bad. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, a live show in Minneapolis at Bauhaus Brew Labs mm-hmm. on July second at seven. My birthday. Lucy's thirtieth mm-hmm. birthday. Bring presents. Um, bring <laughs> presents. Uh, she accepts gift cards. Um, and cash. <laughs> um, no, but so that's on July 2nd, the live show, and tickets are $15. They are for sale at our uh, online store, which you can access via our website's uh, yeah. merch tab, or you can just go there directly. It is wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com. Um, and at that site, you can also purchase our merch items, which are... Yeah. Ladies, T-shirts, oh. wine glasses, and buttons. 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 Mm. Fuck it. Motherfucking buttons. buttons. Fucking I am buttons. so close to being done hand-pressing 1,000 buttons. It's not even funny. I'm planning <laughs> so, on finishing drunkenly tonight. So if you get one that's a little garbled. That's, a little <laughs> that's a magical please, button. I definitely made it all. after tonight. <laughs> please buy them all so she just has to immediately start making a thousand more buttons. No, it is so time-consuming, it's not even funny. We should be charging way more for these. The goal no? is for Lucy to get, like, arthritis, and we oh. have no workers come. It makes None. me sore. Like, my right <laughs> elbow hurts after about 300 of them. I have to stop. <laughs> You'll be yeah. all right. So, buy as many buttons as you possibly can afford. And... Uh, <laughs> The t-shirts, and make my life go uh, back to a living hell for a couple yeah. of months. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. please. <laughs> um, the t-shirts come in two uh, gender binary sizes. Sorry yes. about that. <laughs> men's, <laughs> men's and women's. Sorry about it. <laughs> Sorry about it. Um, oh my god! But we will not be checking your genitals before you no. purchase one or the other, so you can get whatever any. the fuck you want. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say that the men's, the black men's shirts fit women really nicely too mm-hmm. because I have a little bit longer torso and I hate getting women's specific shirts. Mm-hmm. So if I you're know, like I'm me, wearing a men's shirt right now. If you're cool with a crew neck, go for the black men's shirt, yeah. not the blue one, the black one. It fits mm-hmm. like a glove, mm-hmm. like a shirt. It fits <laughs> like a. Like a glove yeah. for your boobs. Like, like a shirt. <laughs> a boob glove. A boob glove. <laughs> and last oh, but not least, the fucking patriarchy wine glasses, which are selling Hell like yeah. hotcakes. So, um, and they're also a gift for every Patreon supporter at the $10 a month or more level. You get a free fucking patriarchy uh, flexible wine glass. So, yep. which I should note are hand wash only. Do not put these through the dishwasher. <laughs> Ooh, I was gonna find that out the hard way, so I'm yeah. really glad you said that. Hand I'm gonna wash have to only. update the product page. Okay. Oop. Um, Oop. 
Oh. All right. <laughs> this is our first attempt at being a legitimate business, folks. So just bear it's with not us. easy. Yeah. <laughs> what? We're business owners. Oh, right. It's not easy being We're a business, business owner and knowing yeah. all these details. Like your product will melt in the dishwasher. <laughs> I didn't oh, say it'll melt. Know that. It'll just get real cloudy, and the gold might come off entirely. I don't have a dishwasher, but yeah. Neither do I'm I. telling you not to put them in the dishwasher. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good to know. These are special. Okay. Mm-hmm. Treat them like ladies. Wash them with your goddamn two God-given hands. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Make your husband wash them. It's his yeah. turn. Or just don't wash it. <laughs> with yeah. a tiny toothbrush. Rinse it. <laughs> or do just your dishes in cloth. the bathtub like I had to that one time when everything in my house broke. <laughs> Been there. Anyway... Okay, moving on. Back We've been recording odd... for half an hour and we've done nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to odd MO murders. Uh, Lucy, what is the background and possibly psych to having an odd modus operandi? Dr. Nandy. There you go. Nailed it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Um, okay, so I had to keep myself from spiraling into the geekiness that is forensics surrounding mm-hmm. stuff like this like I did unsuccessfully with blood spatter yeah mm-hmm. that was awesome though that was pretty epic so good that was pretty good this one might not be as good but I was like real into it okay so keep the ball upper- low that's what we oh. do here at wine and crime we spiral and we speculate <laughs> and we yeah. keep the bar low <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so M-O stands for modus operandi, which is Latin for mode of operation, mm-hmm. and it means a person's habits when it comes to working, and this term is most commonly applied to either business practices or more often criminal investigations and criminal profiling. Mm. So you've probably heard of an M-O, you know, some gumshoe is talking about the perps <laughs> M-O. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun fact... Plural is modi operandi because oh. gerunds because gerunds can't be pluralized in Latin. Duh. Oh, yeah. or learn yeah, something duh. new and useful every day. I, I <laughs> like, knew what all of those words meant. Duh. <laughs> like attorneys general. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah yep. So in Latin, operandi is the gerund. And by gerund, I mean a verb that is used as a noun in a sentence. For example, Amanda's drinking is impacting our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) It's a verb, but it's used as a noun. That's what a gerund is. It, it, I am painfully hungover today. I've been drunk like every night this week. List off all the things you vacation. drank last night. You oh sent me the list of liquors you had, and I had to read it to like three other people. It was yeah. Really okay, impressive. I'll it try to rattle it off really quick. Sad. Beer, wine, scotch, vodka, gin, sake. <laughs> um, Oh, and Goldschlager. (laughs) And Fireball. And Scotch. (laughs) And Scotch. Did I not say that? You said Scotch. That's how hungover you are. Whiskey also. Everything hurts. (laughs) Swine is delicious, and I'm definitely not taking a sip of, like, antacid water between every sip of wine I take. That's definitely not happening. No, not at all. (laughs) 
the things I do for you. Did you just walk down the liquor aisle in a grocery store and take a couple swigs out of everything you passed? Most of those alcohols that I listed were in a quote unquote WAP at a birthday party. Hi, Andrea, that I went to. And the the WAP was brown, and I just kept calling it brown and asking people for another (laughs) glass of brown. (laughs) I had like four glasses of brown, and I also filled. One thing. Four bowls with brown this morning, if you know what I mean. You browned out. Like, uh, you, you probably blacked out. Um, it's why I chose my <laughs> murderer. So just remember the brown when I tell you my murder story later. Oh, I forgot what WAP stands for. World it's of not important. Pleasure. Oh, world Ugh. of pleasure. It's, it's not important. I mean, an old timey racial epithet against Italians. So. Oops. <laughs> Sorry there about it. There are lots of epithets against Italians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know list them all, but... <laughs> yeah, I didn't know any of them until I started dating someone from Brooklyn, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, mm. there's just a fount of knowledge about epithets against Italians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving on. Okay. <laughs> Cut so all modus that. operandi... Nope is primarily used when evaluating how the crime was committed, how the perpetrator attempted to avoid detection and capture, and or how they facilitated escape. So these are all the, like, logical steps. This is mm-hmm. the the way that they committed the crime, their method. Mm-hmm. Um, an MO can be used to determine who the perpetrator might be, how the cops can stop him or her, and whether they can be linked to other crimes, which is probably the most important reason they study an mm-hmm. MO. And the more most like common use of the term, like, oh, that's their MO, that's their pattern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is how we identify that this crime was committed by this perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, serial offenders modify their MO over time as they get better at what they do. So mm. investigator, it's really important for investigators to keep this in mind when they're analyzing and forming a behavioral profile because it won't be consistent all the time mm-hmm. from start to finish. It evolves. Mm-hmm. So some examples of an MO established through forensic investigations, and I lifted this straight off of a website. So yep. Love it. Yep, that's what we um, do. The type of restraint used on the victim, wound patterns, and the type of fiber of the restraints. Mm -hmm. Uh, The type of weapon used, such as a knife, blunt object, or a gun. Mm -hmm. Uh, If, like, if tape was found on the victim that was used to bind their hands or cover their mouth. Uh, A tool used to gain entry into the victim's home, if it was always the same tool. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, oh, I just thought of, remember our arson episode when that... Like, mm-hmm. young person used PB? Uh, paraffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that could be, like, his M.O. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is to- one of the tools that he used. Um, an attack that could be from when the victim exits their vehicle or walks through a dark parking garage. There would be obvious reasons for choosing those moments to attack mm-hmm. a person. Okay, the so time me to every choosing, time. Yeah, like, choosing the context... Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Parking garages are terrifying. Yeah, I know. And Not so cool. these these are all practical practical methods that are the the part of their profile of how they commit the crime. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I the main 
the, the, the main hinge of my background research is to explain that there is a difference between an MO and what's called a signature. They're mm-hmm. two different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So an MO is the method or procedure used to commit the crime, while a signature behavior relates more to what aspects of the offense help to serve the criminal's emotional and psychological needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so this is tripping me up a little bit when I was trying to research for this episode because I was finding like I guess in my head I was confusing signature and MO so I was like looking for creepy signatures yeah Mm -hmm. and then I had to switch tacks I feel like in a lot of uh cases that I stumbled upon though they kind of went hand in hand Mm -hmm. like they had this way to execute each crime kind of in the same style or in the same method but there was like a psychological link to why they did it that way Mm. Mm-hmm. So investigators uh, do a lot of looking into what aspects of the offense can fit into those different categories, and they can overlap. And let's say, like, a part of your MO could also serve as your signature. Yeah. Okay. So you, in order to kind of distinguish where these fit into these categories, it's they have to know basically all of the circumstances surrounding the crime, which mm-hmm. is very rare i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so both an mo and a signature are aspects of forensic psychology and both play a role in investigations but it's important to differentiate the two because it is virtually impossible for two offenders to fit the same mo and the same signature behaviors in the same geographic area at the same time wow what about so, what about like copycats Will they still just, like, miss something because they won't have all the information and, like, the police won't release Correct. all the details? Okay. Or is it even a true so, signature if it's a copycat? That, you know? that all plays into the investigations. And I think by differentiating an MO and a signature, it helps the police, you know, identify copycats or... Mm-hmm. And going back to linking the crimes... Um, if if their MO is the same, but their signature is completely different, or maybe one is lacking an obvious signature, then they mm-hmm. can say they're probably not the same offender. Mm-hmm. Um, so some examples of a signature, uh, the level of injury to the victim, if it's minimal or if it's, like, excessive. Right. Mm-hmm. A specific location or sequence to the criminal act, uh, whether there's ejaculation, urination, and or defecation at the crime scene. That would be an example of a signature. My three favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the a, big three. <laughs> a specific type of weapon used. And this is, dif- it's different, but it sort of overlaps from when we talk about the MO, like what kind of weapon they use, because that yeah. would just be more a logistical concern versus if somebody liked to strangle people with a rope. Mm-hmm. Or it's yeah. more of a it's more of an emotional thing, right? Yeah. Um, if or personal- like a type of like knot that they tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like she was saying, uh, the fabric that they use mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah, that would be an mo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether oh, personal, okay, but not a whether signature. yeah, they're really confusing. So mm-hmm. uh, whether personal items are taken from a victim, or if something was left at the crime scene, like a note. Mm. And then also a specific type of victim targeted, like whether they're a certain age, a certain race, um, other physical characteristics, that is part of the signature. Because the type of person or like what color hair they are that they have has nothing to do with them executing the crime. 
Sure. It's all about their personal satisfaction. So, okay. long story short, a signature are the details that go one step beyond the actual act and mm-hmm. execution of the crime. Signature so, is all the extra stuff that doesn't need to be done for the crime to happen, but it's, like, for their own purposes. But in the case of someone, say, using a rope every time... The fact that the rope is made of nylon is part of the modus operandi, but the fact that they're using a rope every time is part of the signature? Yeah, that's possible. So I have a little bit more to talk about, and this might make a little more sense. There's more examples I have for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is from an article on (laughs) monster.com. Ooh, nice. Because they have a lot of, like, occupational articles. They did the monster mash. <laughs> um, his name is Noor Razak, and he's a very intelligent police officer. So mm-hmm. I thought this article was, like, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the offender's signature is based on two components, the signature aspect and signature behavior. And mm-hmm. these are really, co- it's confusing to tell the difference, but I'm going to try A signature aspect defines the theme or the motive of the crime. For example, profit, anger, retaliation, just straight-up sadism, etc. So that's Mm -hmm. the motive. The signature behaviors are committed to satisfy the emotional or psychological needs of the perpetrator and often defines the theme of the crime. So they work work hand-in-hand, but when investigators are breaking it down, there is a difference between the two. Um, Okay. And again, those are just two aspects of the signature. And differentiating an MO from a signature is often challenging for investigators and the three of us because certain yeah. actions committed I'm also may satisfy. drunk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> certain actions make uh, certain actions committed may satisfy both the MO and the signature. Mm-hmm. So okay. the key to categorizing these behaviors lies in considering all of the circumstances surrounding a case, like we kind of talked about a minute ago. So if clues or facts or evidence are missing, it can be very difficult to categorize the actions. For example, a rapist who covers his who covers his face, that could be part of his MO, obviously avoiding identification and capture, but it could mm-hmm. also be enhancing his sexual pleasure in the rape scenario. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so the MO is more like the practical considerations, like what mm-hmm. tools am I going to use? Yep, exactly. And, and you know, just the pragmatic stuff. And then the signature is like all the stuff, all the thoughts and, and planning yeah, and the thinking psychology. That, they, that they get off on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so going back, this is important to keep in mind when you're, when you're trying to define the MO, it's, it's one of three purposes. It's, how the perpetrator attempt or it's uh, how the crime was committed, how the perpetrator attempted to avoid detection and capture, and how they facilitated escape for themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- so those are the practical meth- methodical aspects of committing a crime. That's what relates to the MO. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So um, in another example with the face covering. Um, say it's a bank robber who covers his face. It's almost certainly his MO because the concealment of his identity is integral to the completion of the crime. Yep. And it definitely doesn't have anything to do with him getting off on mm-hmm. people right. not. Right, he just doesn't, that's how he yeah. escapes. That's exactly. most escape. likely. Yeah. So another example would be an arsonist who leaves his car running while committing the crime in order to make a quick escape. That mm-hmm. would be the MO. 
but mm-hmm. returning to the scene of the crime to watch the fire burn and subsequent havoc in order to achieve some kind of pleasure would be his signature behavior. All right. Like it's, okay. it's the behavior or actions or whatever that mm-hmm. goes beyond executing the crime. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, with Ted Bundy, like... Uh, Pimping out, and I hate using that word, but pimping out his Volkswagen was part mm-hmm. of the M.O. Because it just helped facilitate him getting victims into his car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but choosing, like, brunettes with a middle part is the signature. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. Yep. Okay. So I this also it. sort of um, links <laughs> up to organized versus disorganized criminals. Have we talked about this before? I don't really think so. I think mm. I think we've like we did in the arson episode. Mentioned I think. It. Yeah, mm. briefly. Okay. Well, just for uh, a little more clarification, the disorganized versus organized continuum, and important to note that it's a continuum. It's not black and white. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's a simplification of the terms psychotic, which would be disorganized, and psychopathic, which would mm-hmm. be organized. Okay. Oh. So this term, okay. this uh, continuum was developed by the FBI in the 70s in order to more effectively investigate serial rapes and homicides. Okay. So this is just a straight quote from a different article by the same author, also on Monster.com, but I thought mm-hmm. it kind of summed it up pretty well. So generally speaking, organized criminals are antisocial but no right from wrong. They are not insane and they show no no remorse. Mm. Their crimes are carefully planned, premeditated, and staged to prevent the police from finding any evidence on scene which reflects their intelligence, um, usually measured at an over 120 IQ. Yeah. In contrast, disorganized offenders tend to be young and sloppy, often under the influence of drugs, alcohol, or a mental disorder. Because Mm -hmm. their crimes are unplanned, they tend to leave lots of evidence on scene, such as fingerprints or blood reflecting their intelligence, which is usually within the 85 to 90 range on the IQ scale. Mm -hmm. Because they're dummies. They're drugged up, young dummies. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this is another factor to... Um, consider when you're talking about their M.O., if their M.O. appears to be not very well controlled and they leave a lot of evidence, then you could probably put them more on the disorganized end of the spectrum. So just the FBI's profiling of a disorganized criminal would help, you know, catch whoever is doing all of this. Sure. Okay, so like Kenyon was talking about Ted Bundy's habits, for speculation's sake, to illustrate these terms, I was thinking about Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh. And Mm -hmm. how, what is his MO versus his um, signature aspect and signature behaviors. So this is a conversation for everyone. Okay. (laughs) So his MO was targeting younger men from like seedier parts of town. Yeah. They won't be missed. Um, they have a reason to go back to his apartment with him, which was pro- usually sexual in nature. Mm-hmm. So generally he isn't really forcing them or abducting them. Yeah. Okay, so it's just um, more convenient. It's just easier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's more, yep. Um, mm-hmm. He disposes or doesn't dispose of their bodies Ooh. in ways that would not really draw attention. So again, all practical considerations regarding Mm -hmm. the crime that was committed. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. his signature aspect, and again, I'm not totally clear on the difference between aspect and behaviors because they're really close together, but signature aspects would be just sadism, 
um, a desire to take a life and uh, his lust and necrophiliac tendencies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then his signature behaviors stem from his need to control. He's controlling them from the Mm -hmm. minute he meets them. So he mm. drugs them, he takes photos of them, he keeps pieces of them, like mm-hmm. skulls and bones, mm-hmm. and then he, he eats them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he pours acid into their brains. Yep, he, he turns them into objects. It's cool, mm-hmm. he's Laotian, that's just what he's like. <laughs> Laotian. Sorry, Laotian. <laughs> Whatever. Laotia. He's from Naming my firstborn Laotia. <laughs> Lower Loatia. <laughs> that sounds like Lachelle. <laughs> Loatia, Cradonia, Jacobson, Larson. Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna be confused. It's gonna be great. Oh my god! If it's a boy, if it's right. a girl, <laughs> Emma. <laughs> if it's a girl, Emma. <laughs> That's funny. okay. So, if you guys have any input on Jeffrey Dahmer, but I don't no, know, we've kind seems, of been speculating this entire time. That so. seems to make sense. Yeah, I, I like feel like it. I'm not mentally equipped to like fully no. understand the difference. No, or professionally equipped because right. we're not cops. Yeah. If we haven't stated this before, but that yeah. was really helpful. That actually that makes sense help. to me. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you're welcome. All right, take it away, Kenyon. Okay, so once again, I chose, like, a super obscure international crime. Like you do. (laughs) Super obscure international. That's Kenyon's M.O. (laughs) It is is my M.O. M.O. (laughs) Yes. I call her signature. (laughs) No, I don't get off on it. It's not my signature. She does. She does. (laughs) We know she does. Oh, God. Oh, God. Just give me a minute. It's her M.O. to oh, lie okay. about it. Her signature <laughs> is all the pictures of Kristen Stewart she leaves at the scene. <laughs> and they're all really sticky. <laughs> they just <laughs> damn. Oh A lot God. of forensic evidence at Kenneth's crime scenes. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god. Anyway, my, that's disgusting. Let's move on. My future mother-in-law <laughs> listens to this. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Zach. <laughs> Zach looks like Kristen Stewart a little bit. It makes sense. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's really it's the, the eyebrows. beard. It's the eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Oh, the eyebrows, yeah. I do love a Sandy Cohen eyebrow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. obvious. All right, so uh, my case is Ahmad Siraji, one of Indonesia's most prolific serial killers. Cool. (laughs) I'm sorry. Never heard, never heard of him. Never heard of him. (laughs) Ahmad Siraji, never heard of him. Jesus. Oh my god, okay. Um, so I chose him because he has definitely one of the most bizarre MOs I've ever heard of. Um, okay. And I will save that for towards the end. So just. MO or up. signature? MO. I got okay. it right. I got it right. Yeah, thank I'm God. I'm going to quiz you like both, both the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually had a lot of trouble researching this topic, but I found I found one with. A weird MO. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, some, again, 
I like to start every podcast with some uh, background facts about Indonesia's religious <laughs> statistics and demographics. What about, the, what about their train system? <laughs> and India's train system, yes. Mm. Public transportation network. Why yeah. crime and trains? <laughs> <laughs> We have a fan who claims that he's going to start a podcast called Wine and Trains. I will become a Patreon supporter of that podcast. I will totally support that. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay, so Indonesia is a predominantly Muslim country. Uh, 86% of the population follows some form of Islam. Um, And it's also the most populous Muslim country in the world. Mm but Saraji lived in a region of North Sumatra, uh, kind of in like a rural area. Um, and I found an episode of a show called Crime Investigation Asia that covered mm-hmm. this case. Perfect. And, so good. And um, they described his village as a, quote, eerie little hamlet. Oh, God. <laughs> Ick. I hate the word hamlet. Yeah, it's gross. This makes Especially me think compared of like, with eerie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This makes me think of like a ham thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Under like a those little juicy little tub. hamlets. This is a tiny little piece of ham. <laughs> yeah. Hamlet. Little long pig hamlets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really hungry, you guys. Okay, so uh, this is a so it's a Muslim country, but it's this is a really rural area. So people are very um, superstitious, and they believe in a sort of like Islamic adjacent form of like witchcraft, sorcery, black magic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Siraji was a the well respected local dukun or shaman slash sorcerer. Mm. Okay, Sangoma. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> Dukun, so the, these sorcerers have a pretty vast skill set, so they can provide healing through herbal remedies, chants, and incantations. Mm-hmm. They can perform a ritual involving a holy dagger and sheath called a karis. Okay. Um, they can have prophetic visions, and they Ooh. can communicate with spirits and the dead. Mm. And they can also perform exorcisms, blessings, and even hexes. Okay. I like this. Yeah, they can do I a lot. Sign me up. Let's right? change our career path. Yeah. And move to a creepy <laughs> hamlet in Indonesia. Yep. <laughs> and become Indonesian Sangomas. <laughs> I only remember the word sangoma because it's in a combo of sangria and sarcoma. Yep. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. I love that that's the South that like that's the only South African word you know. Sangoma. <laughs> now that Well they speak English, so you've yeah. done your job. Okay, so uh <laughs> Dukun, which is the Indonesian one, all right? are often set out for their black magic skills. They can perform love spells. They can make a client appear more beautiful or irresistible mm. to their partner. Yes. So um, it's basically like Innovata. <laughs> Salon. It's like... Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they can perform blowouts, mani-pedis. Yeah. 
tape. Try to upsell you on the conditioner. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always some sort of like Product. serum you can try. <laughs> yeah, they do. They touch up your makeup before you leave. Oh, mm-hmm. that's fancy. Yeah, um, they give you like cucumber water. Okay, we'll stop. Um, <laughs> so they can also curse one's enemies by giving them chronic diarrhea. Mm. Or causing them also to... Also Ayurveda. <laughs> I've had that service. <laughs> or making someone uh, not be able to sleep or uh, alternatively fall into a, quote, deep, unshakable slumber. Okay? That sounds mm. wonderful. Oh my God. So basically what you should take away from this is that people will go to them for really kind of private, personal reasons and not necessarily want to advertise the fact that they had gone to see the Dukun. Yeah. Because, like, it's like, oh, why are you going there? Like, is is your husband cheating? Like, are you putting a hex on someone? Like, they don't want Mm. people to know that they've gone to see this person. But this person is well-respected in the community. Okay. Kind of thing. Okay. So, um, most of the local villagers believe that Saraji had these powers, and um, he was somewhat revered, but he still lived in, like, basically a hut. Like, he had, like, a cement foundation for his floor and then, like, a tarp roof. Okay? Ooh, that sucks. In a creepy (laughs) hamlet. (laughs) That just straight up sucks. I'm sorry. Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Could be worse. Could be driving a red Mini Cooper. <laughs> we got, that was the thing that we got the most shit for. Of all the things that we have made fun of on this podcast, <sighs> making fun of red Mini Coopers got us the most emails of people being like, I love your show, but I drive a red Mini Cooper. <laughs> so? We don't not like you. We just don't like your car. <laughs> We don't also not my- like you if you're from Wisconsin. We just don't <laughs> like Wisconsin. <laughs> also, my ex yeah. drove a red Mini Cooper, so. Mm-hmm. Of all the shit it. we give to Wisconsin, and I know yeah. that a lot of our listeners are from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about it. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, anyway, yeah. just wanted to let you guys know that. I love okay. it. Okay. We're not going to so- stop. Sorry. <laughs> nope. Okay, so. Young women are seeking out Siraji for his magical help, um, but not really advertising the fact that they've gone to see him because maybe they want to get a love potion or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, he had been given an honorific title in the community. Um, he owned land. He was a farmer and a cattle breeder. So, you know, he's doing well. Mm-hmm. Um In the past, he had been a rebellious teenager and often got into fights and various kinds of trouble. And then uh, he was even sent to prison twice for theft Mm -hmm. um, in his late teens and 20s. So he was in prison for at least 10 years. For theft? Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What did he he steal? Cattle. (laughs) That's probably how he got a cattle farm. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they don't fuck around in Indonesia, right? Apparently not. Yeah. Okay, so after his second release from prison, he moves into the jungle and begins practicing sorcery as his father had done before him. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. As you do. (laughs) Passed on family traditions. 
<laughs> He's taking over the family business. Did he take of his did he take sorcery. his sorcery? Of sorcery. <laughs> of jungle sorcery under My a father was a sorcerer. My grandfather was a sorcerer. <laughs> My great-grandfather was a locksmith. <laughs> he was the black sheep of the family. His father was a sorcerer, though. My dad's a sorcerer in the jungle. He got me a job as another sorcerer in the jungle. Just, I'm an you know, nepotism. sorcerer. Yeah. Fucking Jared Kushner over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay. So Saraji goes on to marry three wives, which is totally mm. fine because it's, uh, uh, you know, Islamic country and that's fine the least fucked up part of this story so far Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) so he has three wives which is totally fine but the wives were all siblings which is not kosher it is considered blasphemy yeah that's borderline incest yes real gross Mm -hmm. um so I i mean it's not like the wives were fucking each other but still yeah. Kind of. They were Eskimo sisters yeah. and real sisters. <laughs> they were. Yes, they were. Jesus. Uh, and Siraji's mom was really pissed that he married sisters because mm-hmm. it's not cool. So I want you to take a minute to go on the drive, and these photos will be on the blog, and look at Siraji's mom. She is the oldest living woman on the planet by oh my, my account. Oh, my God. What? on the planet. Oh! Wow. Do you see her? (gasps) Oh! Where are her eyes? Where's her nose? Where are her teeth? Her face is completely caved in. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I know. So now I want you to guess how old she is in these photos. Eh, 27. (laughs) 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 She's... Three years younger than we are. She's just a heavy smoker. She's been rolling hard and put away wet. Poor gal. She goes to tanning salons. <laughs> her chin oh so far extends, like, surpasses her nose. Her, She's one of those women with the, the chin is just stuck out so far. She looks like a Persian cat. I love her. <laughs> yes. So she is 75 in these photos. That's it? Shut I'll have you know, last weekend I was with my fam, my family celebrating my grandmother's 100th birthday, and my grandma looks better than this woman. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's living in a jungle or something. Yeah. She's probably yeah, been exactly. cursed a few times. Yikes. Yeah, her She's never been to an Aveda, I can tell you that. No. <laughs> Though her husband runs the salon, I don't know why she hasn't stopped in. <laughs> to get her jaw reset and push back into her face. <laughs> Pop her <laughs> eyes back out. The jaw is in the correct place. It's really the <sighs> nose. You're right. It's all relative. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm sure so she's confusing. a lovely woman. Oh my god, there's another picture. There's two. Uh, there there's three. three. Shut oh. <laughs> Keep up. Hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I love her. So, I know. <laughs> She's so cute. Okay. So, too bad her son is a crazy serial killer. Um, yeah, whatever. So, on April 27th, 2007, 
A guy is out looking for some plants to feed his livestock. So he's looking for some specific like weeds that he wants sure. to give his livestock and he's traipsing through this sort of isolated sugarcane field and he comes <laughs> and he comes across a strange looking mound of dirt. Mhm. What? And mm-hmm. it just had, so weird. Mound. Just, just roll with me. So okay. it had rained heavily the day before and a lot of the loose topsoil had been washed away and then it left this very obvious large mound. In this one spot. Okay. In a sugarcane field. And the dude is freaked out. Like, he just yeah. has a sense that, like, this is full body of bodies. Size. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, like are when you just know. Saraji or no. Or another no, 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 rando? Rando dude. Rando yeah, dude. some guy. Okay. Walking in. Getting Siraji's, the livestock feed. Yeah. Gotcha. Walking in Saraji's sugarcane field. Because oh, Saraji gotcha. is also a, a farmer, right? Gotcha. Okay, so dude is freaked out. He runs and tells the village chief. A group of men come back, and they begin prodding and digging in the dirt. And as soon as they do, there's a very powerful, rancid smell that comes out. Oh, no. No. Eventually, they uh, dig up the decaying body of a naked young woman. Mm-hmm. And the villagers are able to quickly identify her as a young woman who had gone missing just three days earlier. Okay. Why'd uh, she stink so bad if it was just three days earlier? She's probably not the only one in there. Well, mm. and it's humid and hot. It's Indonesia. It's really humid and hot. True. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So she's the bodies are decomposing very quickly. I'll allow um, it. <laughs> Long I'll cake. allow it. You know I'm an Aloysius. Yeah. 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 They identify her. They can still okay. see her face. Oh. And it's a small town. Um, gotcha. So, once word of the body's discovery spreads, a rickshaw driver comes forward and tells police that he had driven the woman to go see Siraji on the day she went missing. Mm-hmm. And he had dropped her off at Siraji's house, but never picked her back up. And he, the rickshaw driver tells police that the reason he didn't come forward before was because the girl had asked him to keep it a secret because oh, she was trying to get back together with her estranged husband and she didn't want the whole village to know her shit, right? Yep. And she was going to <laughs> the sorcerer for help. Yeah, right. Is it bad that I liken this uh secretiveness of going to this guy to like me going to Taco John's and then when I bring my food home I hide my bag in my purse and my coat and like carefully balance it they can smell it on you I literally do that with McDonald's because it's yeah. like, no, I'm not going to get you some, Zach. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> no, I just don't want my neighbors to see me coming home every Sunday morning with a big old bag of potato Olays. Every Sunday? No, not every Sunday. <laughs> But they're out doing yard work and being productive, and I'm like, I'm really hungover. I'm going to put my biggest sunglasses on and go to Taco John's and get a lot of hot sauce. (laughs) That sounds freaking amazing, and Taco Bell is definitely going to be my first stop when I get back to America. After you kiss the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And look at the weird mound. (laughs) 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 All right. Okay, so the rickshaw driver tells police this. 
The police uh, search Siraji's house and property, and they quickly find a bunch of suspicious shit, including Mm -hmm. the dead girl's handbag, dress, and charm bracelet. Not not looking good. Not great. Mm -mm. Um, But then they also find items from up to 20 other possible victims. Uh Yeah. Siraji denies any involvement, um, and he's like, hey, I even went to visit the family who was, like, in mourning and freaked out that their daughter was missing. Like, I am just, like, a good guy, right? Yeah. But the police aren't buying it, and they arrest him. All right. So, Siraji is interrogated, but continues to deny everything. And it is only after four days of interrogation that he confesses, mm-hmm. which usually I would be like, uh, somebody is interrogated for four days by Indonesian police. Like, maybe don't, yeah. don't yeah. believe that confession. But right. there's just an overwhelming amount of evidence to go along with the confession. Yeah. So I believe it's legit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he confesses bit by bit, though. So, at first, he says that he has killed nine women Oof. over the past decade. Oh. That's he the says, starting point? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Then he says 13. Then 18. <gasps> then 23. Oh, no. my God. Oh, my God. And finally, the number that he commits to, the final tally, is 42. Oh, holy that's a shit. lot. It's that a small a town. Lot. Yep. How did that many people go missing like that? Yep. So I, and would the into- first place you look be the creepy Hamlet? <laughs> <laughs> or is he in the jungle at this point? Oh. No, he's in the creepy Hamlet, but I don't <laughs> think all the women are from that exact Hamlet. Right. Mm. You know? I think they're from the region, and then I'll, in a little bit, I'll get into, like, why maybe they didn't put it all together. I was going to say, mm-hmm. cops are not doing their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't look good for them. Yeah. But there's, like, some mitigating circumstances. But, okay, so at first the investigators aren't even sure whether or not to believe him because it just sounds insane. Sure. Um but they go back to the sugarcane field where the first body was found, and they have like a, um, what's it called? A backhoe. Mm-hmm. And they begin digging it up in front of a crowd of hundreds of onlookers. Oh, so basically, wow. the entire village has now gathered in this sugarcane field <laughs> to watch the investigation. Oh, no. Ew, that is the to worst. watch them. Oh, yeah. That just is the sucks. backhoe like a side hoe? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> okay, okay. So they are digging and they soon discover, like, pretty close together, just a fucking shit ton of bones and skulls. Mm hmm. Okay? Yeah. A um, varying decay? Yes. But mostly skeletal because, again, things are just decomposing really quickly because it's so hot. And then also because it's these crimes have been committed over a decade. And mm-hmm. it's in the fertile soil of a cane field. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's just bones and skulls. The forensic lab uh, determines that there are indeed 42 separate bodies. So they find Mm -hmm. 42 skulls or at least like enough skull fragments to piece that together. Um, And they also determine that they're all women between their late teens and early 40s. Okay. So they can tell that probably from the teeth and the condition of the teeth. And doesn't something about like the development of the skull have something to do with that too? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe when they're younger, not when they're adults, though. Yeah, they and can, probably, they like, can some tell. hip bones, they can tell if, like, someone's hip given bones. birth or not. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. shit cray. Joints and yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, some people at the time wanted the investigators to keep uh, excavating the site because they thought there were probably more victims buried there, but mm-hmm. the investigators just stopped once they found, like, the 42 bodies. Yeah. Because he had admitted to 42, and they found 42, and they just stopped. Yeah. But there could be more. Probably are. There's definitely more. Yeah. So, but they couldn't devote any more resources to the case. It was just like, fuck. Right. Um, still 42 fucking corpses. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Now, this is where the shit gets cray. So, this is his MO. Now. Not the fact that he's killed 42 people. Now, it's crazy. (laughs) Just wait. Here we go. Buckle in. Buckle in. Buckle in. Saraji believed that he needed to kill 70 women in order to increase his magical powers as a sorcerer. What the fuck? Fucking patriarchy. Delusional religious bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's always killing mm-hmm. women to get these powers, too. Mm-hmm. And the always. virgins. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Virgins wasn't a part of it because, like, women were having babies, like, super young. Mm-hmm. But Well, my disconnected thought was the reward yeah. of the 70 virgins in sure, heaven sure. or whatever. Oh. I just didn't really finish my sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't yeah. think... It was pretty much all related to sorcery, and I'm going to get into it, and basically none of it had to do with Islam. Mm-hmm. So, I just um, mean male delusion in general. Yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah. patriarchy. Fucking mm-hmm. patriarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Saraji, the second part of his delusion, it wasn't just killing 70 women. He also needed to drink their saliva immediately after their death. Ugh. Oh! How do you harvest that? Oh. Yep. Extract it like a venom. Like how much? Like an ounce? He didn't need a lot, but he would just need to, like, suck it from their lips, basically. Just suck it. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't need a lot, but they needed to be dead for him to get it. That is the worst. Okay. Keep going. Okay. (laughs) Kissing booth. Just set up a kissing booth. You didn't need to kill him. Nope, they needed to be dead because this whole idea came from a vision that he had had of his father telling him to, quote, drink the saliva of dead young women in order to attain invincibility. Uh, Oh, fuck off. Very specific vision. That's the worst. All right, uh, go back on the drive. There are reenactment photos. Oh. Reenactment photo. Oh, that's what the oh. stole thing is for? Ew. I was so confused by this. I thought you wanted to revisit your Russian pervert. Mob skin. Yeah, I was like, what's with you and dolls? 
So no. So in this photo, that is not an actor doing the reenactment. That is Siraji no. doing a reenactment in front of the hundreds of onlookers for police. What, what? the fuck? The yeah. close-up zoom of the doll face. Yeah. With like the squished in chin mm-hmm. and his hand on her is amazing mm-hmm. and I love it. Yep. That's like every woman's face every time a man gets close to her that she just doesn't <laughs> want anywhere fucking near her. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just that dead eyed stone. Like I just hate you face. Silent plea for help. Yeah. Our eyes just all turn gray. Yeah. And yeah. go a little bit askance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> Our eyeliner gets really awful all of a sudden. <laughs> this poor doll. <laughs> all right. So, Siraji told, told police that his father hadn't specifically told him to kill the women in his vision, mm-hmm. but that it was taking him forever to access 70 dead women's saliva, so he <laughs> took it upon himself. He took the initiative to kill them to get it done faster. Okay, how so he really didn't acce- need to kill them. Yeah, so but how would you access a corpse that still had saliva on it? I think it, without he, killing him first. I think it I was mean, taking him too long to access. I don't know if he really tried it. He didn't say, but he just said it was taking him too long. But maybe he was like trying to like dig up recently dead bodies and get some saliva. I don't know. He was just cutting corners, is what he was doing. He Good was cutting God. corners by just killing them himself. At All what right. point would he have said, you know, I think that was just a fucked up nightmare. I'm going to go on with my life and not. Right? Right? <laughs> I'm just going to not. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. Dad. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All right. So here's his full MO. So. Siraji would consult with the women spiritually in his home, and most of them would seek him out. So he didn't really have to like go get find victims. them and lure them, or yeah, yeah, they would because they him. wanted their hex or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, their Let love blow potion out. or their spell, <laughs> yeah, or their facial something. Jesus. <laughs> so he would collect his payment because make that paper. Yeah, um, <laughs> you got you got to do that side hustle. <laughs> know what I mean, God. <laughs> <laughs> then he would lead them out through a cemetery by his home into the sugarcane field at night, and they and then, weren't alarmed. No, they all they just assumed it was part of the ritual. And remember, he's oh. revered. He has magical powers. Yeah, he's a sorcerer. He's yeah. the president of the United States. Oh, I mean, he's oh, a sorcerer. <laughs> so they just, oh, they just obeyed. They all, they just thought it was part of the ritual, right? Wow. Oh then, while they were still alive and clothed, he would bury them from the waist down in the field. Oh my God! With their hands under. The ground, so their hands would also be buried. Yep, so, they can't, and, make, and they can't fight back or do anything right. when he starts to fuck them up. Yep. So sometimes the hole was pre-dug, and sometimes he would have the victims help him dig the hole. What? And again, they just believed it was part of the magical ritual. Well, I suppose in the exorcism episode, my guy buried himself and died. 
At least so, it was right. himself. Yeah. He but, died because of his ridiculousness. But I'm saying yeah. people will believe it if they really think. Yeah. 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 So, Weird. okay. So they're buried from the waist down. Then once they couldn't fight back, he would strangle them with a cable. Mm-hmm. And immediately drink their saliva. Ugh. Okay. Disgusting. Then, one of his wives, so his first wife, would come and help him strip the victim naked. So she mm-hmm. was in on it. She knew these people were dead. Just wow. one of the three? Just one of the three. Just the just the first one. So maybe it was like a special treat for the eldest Ugh. wife. Uh, she so probably did it because she felt special. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't think I could get on board with that as mm. a wife. Yeah. Um... I, and then I, yeah. she would help him rebury the victims after stripping them naked, uh, like bury them normally, um, with their heads facing his home, mm-hmm. so that their spirits would have a direct path to him. Oh, great! He wanted <laughs> to be haunted. He wanted their spirits so that he could increase his magical powers and yeah. become invincible. What the heck? Oh, I hate men. Yeah. <laughs> Just disgusting. all of them. All of them. Just every goddamn last one mm, of them. Every single one. Except for Vince, Matt, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, our Patreon Except supporters. For our Patreon. <laughs> we got we got a cool email from someone named Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love Alan you. can go fuck himself, but Alan the rest are great. Alan can go fuck himself. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. I also, I also don't mind my husband. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as he doesn't make you walk into a sugarcane field and bury anyone, it's yeah. fine. And my dad. Okay, we can keep going. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so fucking patriarchy. All of Siraji's victims were women. Mm-hmm. Who had come to him for magical assistance. So the women all came from sort of different backgrounds. So some of them were young women, unmarried, wanting spells to um, have a man fall in love with them. Hmm. Some of them were wives who wanted a spell so that their husbands wouldn't cheat on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of them were uh, sex workers who wanted to attract more clients and mm-hmm. also keep, keep away uh, venereal disease. Yep. Gross. Okay. Just use condoms. Yeah, it's called a but, condom, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot easier than murdering yeah. 70 virgins and burying them in your yeah. yard. Yeah. And sucking out but their saliva. Like... How fucking patriarchy is that whole paragraph? Like, this yeah. man murdered a bunch of women who were all trying to use magic to mm-hmm. attract men. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yeah. It sucks. Um, Jesus. And so because the victims all came from different backgrounds and because a lot of them were sex workers that were not a priority for police, um... They police weren't able to connect the dots and solve the murder sooner because they didn't notice a pattern. It was over right. a decade, and women were keeping their visits a secret, so they just didn't know. Okay. So, so they say. Um, okay, last little bit. 
because DNA testing was not available in Indonesia at the time, so this is 1997, 98, mm-hmm. um, police were unable to positively identify 41 of the 42 victims. Mm. Wow. Oh, so, geez. so like they had like a good sense of who a lot of the victims were, oh. but they couldn't, they couldn't like definitively say, I would just um, put out like a broadcast and say, so Hey, sad. do you have any women missing in your life in like a hundred mile radius? And if they said yes, you're like, well, all right, there's one of them. Yeah. Well, no, that's but they, just not they, how it's done. I no, know, but they but did, that's how they did do it, that. Oh God! They did. I know it's not like legally like matching up bodies, but pretty safe to say. Yeah, they have a list of who they think these people are. They speculate, but but there's no DNA confirmation that it's them. Right. That's so sad for those families too. That's just awful. Yeah. So the only victim that they were able to like conclusively say was the one that had just died three days prior, Mm -hmm. and they could still like see who it was from the corpse. Mm -hmm. ID the body. Yeah. Um, And so, due to lack of forensic evidence linking the bodies to Siraji, he was tried and convicted for only the one murder. What? Because they couldn't link the other ones. Yeah, they couldn't definitively say. This is so and so, and so and so visited you. That's but he confessed, bullshit. and they were found on his property. Doesn't that yeah. count as forty-two murders? Maybe well, in the United later, States it does, but yeah, he later. It doesn't really matter. We'll get into it, but he later retracted his confession. Whatever, it doesn't matter. So he's still found guilty, and he's still sentenced to death for yeah. that one murder. Ugh. Um. And his first wife, who admitted to helping him lure and bury the women, was sentenced to life in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other two wives, they don't think had anything to do with anything, because um, he also had nine kids, so they were probably just taking, taking care, care of the all the fucking kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Siraji was executed by firing squad in 2008, Woof. and after he was shot, it took him three minutes to die. So Good. I wish it had mm. taken longer. Right? And last tidbit, uh, the authorities wanted to bury him in his home village, like as per protocol uh, for criminals, but mm-hmm. locals staged a protest. Wow. Yeah, they literally, they like... Physically blocked the cars from entering the village. Yeah. I like that. And uh, so in the end, they had to bury him in just a random village, like, 50 kilometers away. Good. Fuck that guy. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these photos that you got of his mom, was Mm -hmm. that, like, an interview with her after his death? Uh, Definitely after his arrest. I don't know if it was after his death. Mm. I'm asking because she looks super jovial. Yeah, she basically just kind of, in the interview clip that I saw, she was just ranting about how he shouldn't have married three sisters. <laughs> and that's how, a real crime. <laughs> that was her And beef. I was like, that's where all the trouble began. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wouldn't want her to be my mother-in-law. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. For nightmare reasons and also a lot more logical reasons. <laughs> Yeah, so she's and she also was just like, you know, there. 
she's living she doesn't have like a floor it's just like dirt but she has this like spiky stick and she's just like picking up <laughs> leaves one by one with this like sphere <laughs> you are painting quite a picture here yeah i really can see it i don't like it I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like but it. But I can see it. Also, do you just see the photos of Siraji? Like, do you see his ears? He's the worst. Oh, what's he's, wrong with it? Oh, they're huge. He's, yeah, he's they're like folded heinous. over. Yeah, he's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shirt should be burned. Yeah, well. and apparently at trial he was just like emotionless and like there's a. There's a report that he told someone that he wished he had made it to 70 because then he would have had all his magical powers. No. And then Fuck some, you, dude. No. Yeah. No. And then some Mm-mm. some villagers were like, whatever, he never had fucking any powers because if he did have powers, he would have made himself invisible after his arrest and escaped. Oh, yeah, that's where the logic <laughs> takes you. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Natch. God damn it. Natch. All right, so that is Ahmad Siraji. I really okay. love that story. And go. also, also ev- hate it. Oh, go. Every time so you just- said Siraji, I pictured the part in Lion King when Scar yelled for Simba's mom, whose name is Sarabi, but he goes, Sarabi! Siraji! <laughs> Siraji! I thought I can see Sriracha. his mother yelling that. And how much I like hot I've- sauce. I probably his, mispronounced it. His eh. mom looks like Scar, kind of. A little yeah. bit. Minus the snout. <laughs> yeah, so just, the like just remember, Negative snout. Negative just snout. to bury your victims halfway in the ground with their heads facing your home. No. That's, that's the takeaway. It's that's been working not for a, me so far. So. That's not a thing <laughs> I need to remember. I will never need ingrained. that information. It's automatic. I agree. I just wait. What? It's, it's reflex. It's at this instinct. Point. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right, Amanda, take it away. Here we go. So my story is a little less whimsical, but there is still a <laughs> whimsical. whimsical. <laughs> but there is still a fucking patriarchy aspect to this, as there always is. So always. Yeah. And if there isn't, we'll create one. Mm-hmm. You won't need to create it. It's it exists. Okay. Um, I am talking about Edward Joseph Leonsky, mm. who was a United States Army soldier during World War II. Happy Memorial Day. Happy. Mo- oh, oh yeah. Happy Memorial Day. I wonder if my grandpa knew him. Probably. Anyway, since you know all soldiers. American soldiers yeah. from World War II knew each other because they were so few. Yeah. It's such a small community. Where yeah. was he from, yeah. out of curiosity? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, Born into a Polish-American family in New mm. Jersey. What's up? Represent my vacation town. Um, <laughs> Leonski grew up in, sadly, an abusive, alcoholic family, and mm. one of his brothers was even committed to a mental institution for, like, as a result of the harrowing abuse that these kids endured in their childhood, of which I couldn't Ooh. find much detail. It's just like the psychologists that weighed in on this case were like, yeah, his childhood was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. 
I bet a lot of households had alcoholism and abuse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure, but I mean, and w- without being documented, I mean, it's right? Just like, oh yeah, he was abused. Let's move on. Yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah. I think that's still the case now, but yeah, um, especially then. Reports show that his mother had been overprotective and controlling, which doesn't sound like anybody we know. <laughs> and don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And his father, again, was a physically physically abusive alcoholic. Um, Leonsky had also been bullied by other neighborhood kids, and they called him a mama's boy. So he had serious mommy (laughs) issues. And a psychologist Uh ruled that Leonsky's crimes were born of his resentment and hatred of his mother, and thus constituted symbolic matricide. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. So he just wanted to kill his mother over, over and, and over and over, over again. again. Yep. Oh, okay. that would be a signature, a signature. Yep. A signature mm-hmm. move. Don't worry. That's mm-hmm. not the MO. Mm-hmm. Um, on the <laughs> surface, Eddie seemed to have risen above his origins. He was like, he started weightlifting when he was young and like developed this impressive physique. P90X. Uh, I'm sure that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> He did all 90 days of P90X. He was flinging those fucking ropes in waves. Yep. Okay. He graduates high school, and then he took a three-year stenography course. (laughs) He was a promising employee at a Manhattan supermarket chain. Pause for Kenyon's laughter. Before he was drafted into the army in 1941. So he seems to have overcome the the sad odds, but that all changes when he meets 40-year-old Ivy McLeod as she was waiting for her train in Victoria, on Victoria Ave in Albert Park in fucking, like, Melbourne, Australia. So this is where he is. So she's way older than him? Yeah, she's much older than him. He's deployed in Australia. He meets this woman waiting for a train. It's super early in the morning. He meets her on May 3rd, 1942. Sexy. Um, and now I'm going to pull a couple quotes from his confession. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She stepped back <laughs> into the doorway and I grabbed her, Leonsky said in a statement to police. I grabbed her neck. I changed the position of my hands so that the thumbs were at her throat and I choked her. She fell mm. and I fell on top of her. Her head hit the wall as she was falling. I started to rip her clothes. I ripped them and ripped them. This lady was just waiting for the fucking bus in the morning? Yep, waiting for the train. Are they? Yep. Are there it. other people around? No. Uh, no, not. it's like really early in the morning, and he's. it's a discreet situation, apparently. What a, a dick. dick. And she hit her head on the way down, so it's possible she got knocked out. Like, who knows? Fucking mm. patriarchy. Uh, Miss McLeod's near-naked body was found in the doorway between a women's hairdressing salon and a dry-cleaning shop, so, like, in this train station. She had mm. been beaten and strangled, and because she was found to be in possession of her purse, it was evident that robbery was not the motive. She was left there mm-hmm. with all of her stuff, but her clothes were ripped to shreds. She was beaten and strangled. There's no report of sexual assault, um, just that he, like, beat the shit out of her and strangled her and then left her there. What oh a my fucking god. asshole. Well, oh my god. You just wait. Because six days later, he mm. meets 31-year-old Pauline Thompson and what? strangles her after she's been out for the night, like, hanging out with friends. 
She was last seen in the company of a young man who was described as covered in mud and having an American accent. She's found (laughs) lying on the steps of her Spring Street home with her clothes ripped to shreds. Police discovered that Pauline had met an American soldier in a cafe, and before leaving with him, uh, and shortly she met him in the cafe and then leaves with him for drinks at a nearby hotel. Why was he covered in mud? I don't know. I don't know. But he's like dirty. Because he's a dirty motherfucker, that's why. (laughs) He's like dirty in all of the accounts of him. He's a piece of shit. Quote from Leonsky. She was singing in my ear. It sounded as if she was singing for me. She had a nice voice. I grabbed her. I grabbed her. I don't know why. She stopped singing. Oh, my God. Ew, 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 ew. Nine days after that. So this is like two weeks rapid fire. He's killing these people. He is a disorganized criminal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's just on a rampage. But he likes to Nine days later, he does. Mm -hmm. He meets Gladys Hosking, 40 years old. And she is his next victim, murdered on May 18th while walking home from work at the chemistry library at Melbourne University. Mm. A witness said that on the night of the killing, a disheveled American man had approached her asking for directions, seemingly out of breath and again covered with mud. This description matched the individual um, Pauline Thompson was seen with on the night of her murder, as well as the descriptions given by several women who had survived recent attacks. These survivors and other witnesses were able to pick the 24-year-old Edward Leonsky, so super young, out of a lineup of American servicemen who were stationed in the city during World War II. And this whole thing caused this, like, massive panic um, because, like, shit's already really terrible and now soldiers are just, like, taking up residence on this base in all kinds of foreign countries, like especially American soldiers and people are afraid and afraid of the soldiers. And now they have like a complete distrust in uh, like uh, in American servicemen because this shit is going down in, in like a popular city in Australia. So could they, could they not try to investigate by the number of American soldiers there were like they could, they they did, and that's, I mean, that's kind of how they ended up mm-hmm. finding him. Most of it was that he was picked out of a lineup, but a lineup of all servicemen. Like, they figured out that, from the witness accounts, that it was an American soldier, and, like, just using some of the information they had, they gathered some, he was picked out, and that's pretty much the end of it, in terms oh, of ca- okay. capturing him. Will okay, we learn why God. he was covered in mud? No, he was just, I think his uniform just was just sucked. dirty. I mean, he was like... He was a dirty pole. No, yeah. I'm totally kidding, you guys. I'm oh totally fucking kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm totally <laughs> fucking kidding. Polak. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of epithets. Oh, I'm my totally God. kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Zach fine. is it's probably fine. It's fine. Polish. It's fine. Oh, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so, Leonsky was arrested and charged with the three murders, and when he was arrested, he made no pretense of innocence. He immediately confessed, and, um, like, obviously, various witnesses uh, of attacks that he, like, attempted and then didn't complete also mm. were able to identify him. So there was no question that he had done it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's was kind of weird about it is that well, there's a lot that's weird about it. But this was the first and the last time that a foreign national who, who committed crimes in Australia was tried and sentenced under the laws of their own country. 
So he was tried mm. and convicted under United States law, but on Australian soil. Mm-hmm. Oh, I weird. think that's that's probably because he was in the service, yep. active duty. Exactly. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, we don't let. Uh, that's why we're not part of the ICC. Like mm-hmm. we don't let our people be tried, our yep. service men and women be tried abroad. Right. So. Uh, this wouldn't be like a war crime, right? Because no. it's just a, a regular no. crime no. committed during a time of war. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. So, he was actually so the second. Now, hmm? So today, if this exact same thing happened, he would be extradited to the U.S. and be tried yes. in the U.S.? Yes. Or yes. would he be tried in Australia under Australian laws? No, he'd be sent he would back be tried to the U.S. In the US. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Eddie Pro- was Probably this- under military, like probably courts martial. Not, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was active duty. Yeah. Uh, and he was the second U.S. serviceman to be executed in World War II. The first was James Rowe, who had been convicted of murdering another soldier and was hanged in Arizona three weeks earlier. So even this person, James Rowe, was, like, sent back to the States, tried, mm-hmm. and executed there. It was three mm-hmm. weeks before this dude was? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, yes. same period of time? Wow. Well, we hadn't been in the war that long. This was 1942? Yes. Yeah. 41. Yeah. Oh, 42. Yep. Yeah, so we had, that's correct. We, we had just kind of joined the war, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. So Edward was known as the brownout strangler, which reminds me of my brown drink from brown! last night. <laughs> Hand me that brown. A glass of brown. Hand me that brown. Because he had a penchant for attacking women at night on Melbourne's dimly lit streets because there were all these, like, light restrictions in a lot of bigger cities during wartime. Oh, um, so they, they weren't com- They weren't considered complete blackouts, but they were called brownouts because you would mm-hmm. have limited, you know, access to light sources. Like, you were not allowed to have all of your lights on after a certain curfew time so that mm-hmm. you couldn't be seen from above. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, He killed three people and assaulted several others in just over two weeks from May 3rd to May 18th, 1942. And he admitted that he choked those ladies because he was fascinated with their voices. So this is where that like signature thing is. So his M.O., he killed them all by strangulation. He had kind Mm -hmm. of the same um, way that he would kind of attack them when Mm -hmm. they're alone because it was easy to target Mm -hmm. them. It was a easy to track them during away. the darkness. Yep. When it yeah. was dark. Exactly. He could choke them, so he killed them all the same way. And then again, like the time of the night, the circumstances with the light in the city, he was able to get away. Not for very long, but, you know, for about a month it took for him to, to be caught. Um, mm-hmm. He said he was fascinated by women singing and killed his victims to, quote, get at their voices. Oh, my God. All right, Ursula. But it's pretty... Oh, Ursula. (laughs) Keep singing. Keep singing. (laughs) What do I want? Your voice. Your voice. (laughs) Okay, that's amazing. He's no longer the brownout killer. He's the Ursula killer. He's the Ursula killer. Keep singing. mother thing right like yep. they all mm-hmm. probably reminded they were all in the same age range that's like exactly mother-ish. right so i'm about to get to mm-hmm. that now in australia 31 motherish because fuck me well in in 1942 <laughs> it would have been 
Yeah, yeah at true. 24, yeah, yeah. he was already a grown man graduate who was enlisted in the army. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they, yeah. there were different times. Um, yeah. But an Australian psychiatrist told the court that he had a psych- psychopathic personality and would certainly murder again, which is probably why they implemented the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that his three victims were all women considerably older than he was is psych- psychiatrically most significant. He unconsciously and it wasn't sexual in nature. No, he didn't mm-hmm. rape them. There, were, there wasn't sexual assault as far as mm-hmm. was reported. Um, Mm -hmm. He unconsciously linked their voices with his mother and the whole psychological Mm -hmm. explosion occurred in a period of deprivation when he was away from home and separated Mm -hmm. from his mother, but not from her like dominating image. So there are photos on the drive of the women that he killed and they have Mm -hmm. similar um, they have a similar look like dark hair, um, short older women, dark, short hair, just like. I don't know. Not, oh, yeah. One of them's a little yeah. matronly, but, like, they're pretty attractive, but they all have a similar, like, facial structure, hairstyle that you can pretty mm-hmm. easily see. Um, Is this him with the big sticky-outy ears and the big smile? Yeah, he just looks like a little boy. Well, if it's yeah, not he, yours and it's not a Venn diagram, it's Amanda's. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, he really, he really he looks look like, like a murderer. That's Doogie Hauser, like it's ridiculous. He's such like an all-American little boy. Yeah, he mm-hmm. looks he, like a cast member of like Leave It to Beaver. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he they, looks like my recently acquired brother-in-law as of Saturday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Don't worry, they're not listening. Yeah, that's fine. They're not listeners. (laughs) But yeah, so he sat in a city watch house in Australia for, which is basically like a prison, for 22 weeks before being read a letter directly from the U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt confirming his Mm. death sentence. So the president Mm. himself like signed off on it, was like, yeah, fuck him. Kill him. Mm-hmm. And he was executed well, by hanging yeah. on November 9th, 1942. Boy, bye. In mm-hmm. Australia? In Australia. Um, and mm-hmm. then he he was actually, his body was sent to be buried in a military cemetery in Hawaii. So you can still go wow. to his. Yeah, he still got a military burial, which really blew my mind. Really? That's yeah. like an honorable yeah. thing, though. I know. He's he's so in a military cemetery in Hawaii. So they discharge him before No, he was him. still active. No, I guess. He was still technically active duty That's when weird. he was well, executed. Where else? I mean, yeah, I don't know. There must mm-hmm. be some technicality in there, because that seems odd, but when I'm trying to, like, explain it, it's like, well, he was yeah. active duty. Yep. He was killed abroad. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. it's just, like, the, the fucking attracted to their voices thing. Yeah. I mean. I, I, fucking gross. I almost did a killer who strangled elderly women who looked like his mother, so mm-hmm. I'm real glad I didn't do that. Yeah, matricide is crazy. Yeah. That'll I mean, be I, its own episode. Oh, for, for sure. Because sure, it's well, fascinating. After we watched the entire Psycho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. And just oh, Mommy oh, Dearest and Psycho. Sleepover. Oh, what is it with guys? It's, it's usually only guys with their yeah. mothers. Like Men an Oedipal complex kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. There's something. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah. But did mm-hmm. girls have that with their fathers? 
I'm sure it's happened yeah. where petricide is a thing. It's called an Electra thing. complex. Yeah, who knows? Hmm, I don't know. All right. Stay tuned for that episode. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming <laughs> so down the pike. That's Eddie <laughs> trying to kill his mom over and over again to take their voices. Mm-hmm. Wow. Eddie, wow. Ursula, Leon. I wonder if skin. his mom was like flattered or like <laughs> upset. Oh, probably geez. upset. <laughs> probably. She was probably like, ooh. He, ooh. ooh. If I had a kid and found out that he was symbolically trying to murder me over and over again, I'd probably be upset. (laughs) I would take umbrage for this exact reason. Oh my god! I will be overbearing and a helicopter mom. Oh, for sure. So get ready. For sure. Not as bad as me, though. We all know I'll be the worst. And Lucy You're will be the gonna most be... hands-off of all time. And her kids will, like... I'll just give you my children. Yeah, play yeah. with that power line. Just don't put anything in your mouth. Stop yeah. bothering me. Are you bleeding? You're fine. <laughs> Go talk to your dad. <laughs> Go I'm fish. busy. <laughs> Why do you think God gave you two eyeballs anyway, huh? <laughs> I'm making buttons here. Go talk to your dad. I'm talking to the gals. <laughs> oh my God. God bless it. Yeah, it's, it's like too real, guys. It's um, real, yeah. real. All right. On to special thanks this week. Yes. So uh, we have, uh, first I want to shout out our iTunes uh, reviewers who won yes. our free merch drawing. Woo! Yeah, yeah. So uh, they are, we had three winners for this drawing. They are Jen Cahoon, mm-hmm. Chris Anderson, mm-hmm. and Happy Tom birthday, Mortlock. Chris. Woo! Oh, sorry. Okay. Right. It was also Chris's birthday recently. <laughs> so these three uh, lovely ladies won a free fucking patriarchy wine glass, which will be coming uh, in the mail soon. Mm-hmm. And we will also uh, be doing more free merch drawings for iTunes reviewers. So if you haven't left us an iTunes review yet, go ahead and do that and you'll mm-hmm. automatically be entered to win. And... Uh, yeah, the iTunes reviews really, really help us out with our uh, ranking on the iTunes comedy chart, and big it helps time. more people find us. So it helps big, big, big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you like the show and you want to support us, that is one of the best ways you can do it, and it's free. Yep. So there you mm-hmm. go. Doesn't hurt. Um, and then we're also going to try to do a free merch drawing in the future for Android users who can't access iTunes. Mm-hmm. So... Don't feel left out. We're going to try to give you guys an opportunity to win uh, mm-hmm. some merch as well. So stay tuned for that. Yep. Details to come. Yeah. T-B-D. Details once we figure out what the hell what this the whole details podcasting thing is. Are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Who are you? What? What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> oh, and on that note, if anyone, knows, if anyone knows anything about... Uh, postage and shipping software, please contact me directly because <laughs> we I, have that. It's ship Lucy, station. We have it. I just out. can't figure it out. Oh I need to talk to Kim God. from stamps.com or oh Big Cartel. Oh, dear God. All right. Special thanks to <laughs> Heather Ferguson. Woo. Wait. Heather Ferguson, Kate Loftus. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to say Please, God, no. <laughs> oh. Can't Kate do Loftus, it. 
<laughs> Kendra Rutledge, Kathy Dixon, and Gemma Hammond. Thank you so much. Ladies, Thank you. you crush. We You're love amazing. you. Are we amazing. Are amazing. We love you so much. And then very last but not least, uh, we... Lucy and I uh, recorded an episode for the podcast In the Mix by uh, our good friend Mixter Hyde. Mm-hmm. And that Mix is M-Y-X. Mm-hmm. M-Y-X, In the Mix. And that, uh, f- he's going to do several episodes of interviews with the three of us, but mm-hmm. that first episode is coming out the day after this episode airs. So Love it. keep your uh, ears Peeled Friday in the mix. Yeah, Friday. Friday. Can't figure out the date Friday, off the top of my Friday. head. Gotta it's get down on, on Friday. Friday. Weekend. Weekend. I am so glad that I lived in Asia the year that that song was popular because I literally have not heard that song. Comes afterwards. I'm trying not to ever hear that song. It is my life's goal to never hear that song. All right, all right. We love you all. Thank you so much. Wait, I have a joke. Oh, right. There's a joke. I have a joke for this episode. Okay. Because we forgot for the last ten episodes, but yep. we're back. Yep. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> and we're back, people. All right. How is the M.O. of a shy, nymphomaniacal nursing student like part of a hardware store? How? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That is specific, but how? She screws nuts and bolts. <laughs> That is idiotic. <laughs> of a nymphomaniacal nursing a shy student. Nymphomaniacal nursing student. She screws nuts and then, bolts, and then bolts. Runs away. Why nursing? Shy because she bolts. She's a nympho because she screws. And, and she's a, a nursing, nursing student because she screws nuts. She has access nuts. to crazy people. Oh. Like an asylum nursing. Yeah. It took me a couple passes to get it also. Well, that's the sign of a good joke. We got there, yeah. (laughs) The punchline really hit. Well done, La. We can pair a wine with each of these episodes, but it's real hard to pair a joke. Oh, so much harder to do a joke. Holy shit. Most of the jokes are not good gonna be successful absolutely so not not even it. a little bit just face all right it. love Screw it you nuts i'm gonna bolt love you all <laughs> love you. thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for listening Bam. thanks for listening to wine and crime our cover art is by kali yip music by phil young and Corey wendell sound mixing by dan larson check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wine and Crime Pod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. All Wine and Crime episodes are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, plus a number of other podcasting apps. If we're not on your preferred app yet, let us know and we'll work to make sure you get your Wine and Crime fix ASAP. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It really is the best way to spread the word. 
Support for Wine and Crime comes from us. At the moment, we're footing most of the bill, but we ain't too proud to beg, so we're also on Patreon. If you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. (laughs) 